thank you so much for listening to Merry Men Movement. I'm Dan Swedberg, editor of Merry Men Magazine, a safe place to inspire people to believe in themselves and live happier, more fulfilling lives. So today I want to talk to you about something that stood out in my mind lately, and that is taking risks and how scary that is for some people. Um, I actually remember meeting with a group of my old colleagues, um, and there were some unfamiliar faces and some new people, and I remember having a conversation with a stranger, essentially, and I was a bit taken back by the conversation. It alluded to um, implied criticism that because I had started my own magazine and I was pursuing it full-time, that it was super risky, and she actually implied that it was destined to fail because of all the other experiences that she had with other independent magazines failing. Um, You know, and at the time, I was a bit taken aback back because, you know, here was this person who was kind of duplicitous in their approach where they were like, wow, that's amazing for you to be able to pursue what you love. But again, she was like, how do you make any money? How do you make a career out of it? How do you make any money? How do you, you know, she was basically just like, that's super risky. But there was this implied, you know, criticism for going after my dreams. You know, and it's interesting uh, to me now because I just came across the speech from Jim Carrey, um, but he says, you can fail at what you don't want, so you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Now, let's rewind back a little bit to the beginning of Merry Men Magazine for those who are curious of like how it started. Um, I went to college for graphic design, and one of my first jobs after graduating was working for a small publisher. And I say small, but we produced, honestly, a lot of print media. We published a newspaper that circulated about 8,000 copies bi-weekly. Um, but because I was in a small community, we also published a number of other projects, including things like visitor guides and leisure guides. And I made maps and brochures and business cards. There wasn't much option for companies to find like print design or print media to be produced um, because we were in such a small community. There wasn't like design agencies or anything that were, you know, readily available. Um, so we received a lot of the contracts from local businesses or even city contracts and regional governing bodies to produce a variety of work for them. Um, and I remember how bad some of my designs were when I started out. Honestly, they were just awful. And I remember my interview specifically. So, you know, I remember the part of the interview process was I had to make an ad and I just remember being embarrassed when it was time to show it and hand it into my interviewer. It was a struggle actually building the ad because I completely trained and took all my schooling on PC-based programs and then when the publisher, you know, gave me this project, they were predominantly using Macs. So I was not familiar with uh, how to use a Mac at all. So I struggled a lot on building on this project. Um, and honestly, I don't know how I got the job. Like I asked my boss after she hired me um, why why she hired me because <laughs> it was not based off of that work. I tell you, it was awful. You know, she said she saw that there was potential there, um, which I honestly think there was nobody else who interviewed. <laughs> so it was really lucky for me. But anyways, I learned a ton working for this publisher. Um, I quickly adapted to working on Mac. So I was now building my skill set and building a great foundation of skills where I was able to adapt to a variety of um, different programs and different um, mediums for working on these programs. And I closely worked with the sales team to generate um, mostly advertising advertising at first. Um, And then quickly, I started taking on the management of products and the production, the design, the advertising, 
um, and I was overseeing the creative direction um, for all of these projects and I absolutely loved it and I loved having you know the control over the um, you know creative direction and artistic development of a product from concept to finish and seeing the positive results being generated from products that were now being designed more modern than what they had previously done because there wasn't really a formally trained graphic designer in this role so I brought kind of some new fresh ideas and and some some new approaches to design because of where I looked for inspiration and where I got my ideas from right so it was an amazing learning experience that led to a production design role for a bigger publisher where I was lucky enough to manage um, and fulfill the complete production process for their projects and I loved working there because it was such a bigger entity the entirety of that publisher managed and produced I think it was like 13 newspapers and hundreds of projects like I swear to god I dealt with hundreds and hundreds of brands for advertising and for production design so I quickly learned about media in regards to print and learned about all aspects of print media as about as far as like circulation and distribution and advertising and marketing and the importance that the digital revolution played as well for the changing scene for print media because after a year or so working for this new publisher the bigger publisher um, the company was undergoing a lot of changes that didn't really make a lot of sense they were hiring managers who didn't understand processes or understand the specific markets that they were in and they were trying to automate a lot of the processes so I see what they were trying to do but and they were really just trying to like keeping up with the changing times. Um, but the problem was they were about 10 years behind the game and they were going about implementing all these changes quite drastically. And um, they all ended up failing actually because a lot of these managers um, didn't have the foundation for understanding that each production office was quite different than the next and it couldn't just create an umbrella process for each one, right? What happened was uh, me and my colleagues ended up seeing a lot of the demise of the company and knew that the changes weren't going to work. They knew We knew that they were going to fail um, and no matter how much like attention we kind of brought to this to upper management, they just wouldn't listen because honestly, I think a lot of it had to do with ego but for whatever reason they didn't listen so a lot of people ended up actually leaving a lot of people ended up getting uh, laid off um, because these changes that they implemented did not work there was a power struggle between branches um, you know there was lack of trust and poor management so it was really sad to see that this really positive great working environment went uh, downhill so quickly and so seeing that this company was finite I started brainstorming with another colleague colleague about starting a magazine and Merry Men kind of developed from those conversations and it was quite a different um, Merry Men was quite a different entity at that time we didn't really know what it was going to be except that we were really passionate about design and uh, we wanted it to be something that was higher end or really designed well and just um, really focused on the content because we were tired of designing crap all day you know we were inundated with the amount of obnoxious and outdated projects that were like ineffective um you know a lot of them were just ads that were the loudest uh fill as many as much space as you can with whatever you can you know they didn't make any sense um and ultimately were ineffective but you couldn't explain that to the customer um you know the customer wants what the customer wants right and you can give suggestions on how to make it better but ultimately it was up to them so it was such a great working environment um where i learned a lot about eco and how defeating and detrimental um ego is to a business because a lot of these companies list didn't listen to the experts and they you know if they had they probably would have had more successful products but um 
what I learned from that was was trusting and listening to the experts when it comes to knowing uh, more than you do and admitting and accepting that someone may know more than you do, you know. Um, so I'm grateful for those experiences and um, definitely know that it put me on path to growth and learning and success because when you, what I learned from that situation was that you grow and you learn and you achieve so much more success when you just admit your weaknesses and recognize where you need help. So Merry Men really started as a side gig and I, to fund it, I worked multiple jobs. I had a series of other graphic design gigs. I hustled to save money and put money aside to invest in the business and, and I was really lucky, uh, to have connections with people that I worked with in the past because they really helped um, create the business to being a very high quality product, right? Without these connections of people that shared similar high standards as myself, you know, I don't think it would have been nearly as successful. Um, So, you know, those connections I am so grateful for and so thankful for. Um, I think a lot of people that dive into um, running businesses or entrepreneurs or side projects or anything at all, like you're only as good as the help that you receive. So I've talked about this before and I thoroughly believe that isolation is the dream killer. Um, There's a TED talk on it like they talk about how any dream is really possible as long as you have the right people championing you or the right support system right Um, and it's just a matter of reaching out. It's not about attitude whatsoever it's really about um, having those people that can help you on your path and one thing that I absolutely love about having a business is there's always new things to discover. There's always new problems to solve. There's always new things that arise that you have to figure out and there's this constant learning that I absolutely love and that's kind of why I am so passionate about running my own business you know Um, there's no ceiling effect there for me even if you set out to achieve a certain level of success you can always achieve more there's always more to do there's other things to venture with you know what I mean so with Merry Men specifically um, it's actually moving into a print-on-demand model Um, I believe wholeheartedly in the product and I believe that in the message that it's spreading as well as um, supporting and empowering creatives and that's really why I started it so I don't see as moving into a print-on-demand model as a setback I actually see it as an opportunity to work with the industry and um, the environment that's relevant to the changing times. Um, And I don't want to abolish offering a print version of the magazine altogether because Merry Men is supposed to be so much more of a keepsake. I love good print design and I think there's a lot of value in print, um, especially things like uh, what we are as a coffee table book or like a keepsake. And things that have a longer shelf life are beautiful works of art. And sometimes if you don't want to stare at a screen, there's something to be said about how cool the tactility of print products are and the different materials that you can get and how things print differently on different surfaces. So I think that print design is really underrated and you can get so creative with it. Um, Again, it's probably not the most sustainable method of media just because there are a lot of outdated processes out there. And I saw that with, again, the demise of um, this publisher that I worked with. Um, It is a lot more expensive than digital. And that's kind of why you see a lot of change in uh, media moving to more digital platforms, right? but I think there are sustainable ways to to deal with print. I just think that like a lot of business models to support print haven't been fully developed yet because they're about you know 10, 20 years behind the game. So to be more sustainable, um, that's what we're making a shift towards. 
Um, I think the print world is moving towards more of a scalable, you know, service to, to assist in this. And I think that printing massive volumes, I think, is, is such an outdated model. And I don't think it's actually good for the environment whatsoever. So I think that consumerism has changed and people are more conscious about the goods that they buy and they don't want them to be wasteful or end up in the landfill. So that's why I feel really good about changing how we print. I still love print. And I want keepsakes for people um, in a beautifully designed book, but it has to be for the people that want that experience. Um, and I don't want to be adding to the waste of the world. So I'm very conscious about better solutions that are more sustainable for the world that we live in today. So volume six will be available as a print on demand product um, and available for online reading as well. But I'm deep into production um, with the next volume and some of the people I got to work with on this issue are so incredible the work and the photographer the work and the photography will honestly blow you away um so if you want inspiration on art and design and photography and love positive messages and affirmations or maybe some encouragement about how to be happier it's turning out to be an amazing issue so definitely check it out but back on to the subject of this quote that Jim Carrey said about you can fail at what you don't want so you might as well take a chance on what you're doing this resonates perfectly with this kind of evolution in the process because there are so many haters out there and this touches back onto the conversation about that stranger that I had who took me you know made me feel kind of taken aback because I sensed a bit of jealousy from her and she was basically telling me that I wasn't going to make it um, or be successful because she was trying to pass her negative beliefs and negative fears on me but here's the thing I do not believe that I'll fail because I know that I'm destined for success. I believe that failures or mistakes are all learning lessons that put you on the path of achieving your goals. And there is nothing wrong with pivoting. To me, failing is a misused word. I think that failing actually is giving up. And I know that I'm never going to give up on what I love to do, so I will never fail. The path and the journey may be different um, than what I originally anticipated, but I know I'll get to the checkpoints that's in line with my vision of success and what it is that I'm asking for from the universe. So I have a clear vision of what I want. I don't let negative beliefs affect me or where I'm going um, because I am manifesting my own success. And my energy is directly in line with what I know that is true. So I am a publisher and I am an entrepreneur and I am destined for success. So without those beliefs, I wouldn't have been as successful as I already am. Let me ask you why you would want to pursue something that you don't like and potentially fail at it than failing at what you love to do. You know, to me, failing is just mistakes. They're meant to teach you lessons. So if you achieve your goals through a differently intended route or you achieve a different version of that goal that you had attended out for, how is that failing? You won. So I think a lot of people don't have a clear idea of what they want and they have self-limiting beliefs. Look at this person who told me indirectly that I will never make it. I've had so many haters or people that, maybe not even people that purposefully try and knock me down, but people that question my path and my decisions. And it's their fears that they're trying to instill in you. That's on them. Don't let them affect you. You know, have a clear vision and eliminate any self-limiting beliefs. Honestly, where there's a will, there's a way. Ain't nobody got time for negativity. 
Um, and it's that fear of failure that's almost paralyzing. And the only thing that I feel for this person that tried to instill their fears onto me was just pure empathy. It's so sad. I feel so bad for them that they were out of a place where they're so unsure of themselves, you know, or um, wanted to put on that energy to somebody else that they are afraid themselves, you know, that's really just a direct reflection of who they are. And the only response I have to that, what I've learned over the years, is just to have empathy towards that and can hope for them to find what it is that lights them up and hopefully they'll have the confidence to pursue that. So that's what I hope with all of you guys. I hope that you have the confidence to pursue that you want. I hope this inspires you a little bit to take the steps and take some action into getting what it is that you want out of life. If you want to pursue those dreams, um, go for it and don't let the fear of failure stop you. Failures are only mistakes that are meant to guide you into what path you should be taking and what's going to work out to get it ultimately what it is that you desire most in life. Make sure you have a clear vision and just go for it. With that, I want to thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you next week for another episode.